And it is a deep honor that I get to talk with you about the Word of God. It's my deepest passion. I love God with all that I am. And yeah, some of you are looking at me like, oh, I remember this lady. She's the VBS shenanigans, tutu wearing, halo wing, expressive, loud. Yeah, that's me. But today I'm going to pretend to be an adult. <laughs> Help me, Lord. Um, we're going to talk about kingdom ethics. I get to go to college right now and learning about uh, kingdom ethics. I love to learn. I love school. I've been a high school teacher for several years, and I get to be a children's teacher now. I love to learn, and I love to teach. So I'm just going to talk to you about what I'm learning. I don't want you to think, though, that I know everything. My goal today is to inspire you to figure this out, to go Figure it out with a king of kings. Go have a conversation with the Lord of lords, the one who wrote the manual for life. I want to inspire you to dig deep into the word of God. Now, I feel like half of my message today has already been spoken through song. I was like, well, yeah, well, yeah. like everything it was like God set it up. And we haven't had the conversation about what I'm going to be speaking on. It's like God has set up what I'm going to say. And then pastor like half preached it just now. I'm like, well, go ahead. Go ahead, that's good, because we can't fail. We are enough because of who God is, right? So keep that in your mind. And remember, my goal today is to inspire you to, okay, Erin. <laughs> She's a good photographer, though. I feel like I got to focus. So, but for those of you who don't know me, let me introduce you to my peeps. This is my family, my amazing husband, Mr. Romo, my daughter, Lena, and Xander, and God has given us two angels in dog form. This is Prince Ralph and Princess Belle. They're just, they're amazing. I want you to know me better so that we can have a more personal conversation, because after I, we talk about the Beatitudes, we're going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount, which, by the way, was a, about a three-day conference that Jesus held on the side of a mountain. We're not going to take that long. I'm just going to do the, thank you, I love him. We are just going to do the intro part today, and I'm barely going to peel back one layer of onion, what God has given us. But it's really cool. I, I love it. So I was talking about in school, I am, got to do two clickers here. I am learning about kingdom ethics. And kingdom ethics is the principles of the kingdom. The Beatitudes are literally the ethics of being a part of the kingdom. So let me take you, let me paint this scene for you. This is where we're going to go. Help your imagination. Put your imagination on just a little bit. It's about 2,000 years ago, and we're in Israel. You see Texas. We'd have to fly all the way over. I hear it's hotter here than there. And we're going to talk about Jesus. He's about 30 years old at this time. And if you notice on the bottom right in Capernaum, this is where Jesus was living at the time. Sea of Galilee. Do you see over there the Mediterranean Sea, the Dead Sea at the top? This is an actual um, aerial view of the ruins in Capernaum. Like, there's a church there now and all that stuff. You know how we, we have to document things and put monuments on it. I love it. I'm not complaining. This is a real place, a real place in time and history. And this is where Jesus lived. I may have to 
switch my thinking here. So the time is just a little bit after he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights fasting and praying. Could you imagine being in that kind of environment for 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking? Well, of course the devil came to try to distract him, knock him off. Y'all know what that feeling is spiritually too, right? Like you're in the driest place of your life. And of course the enemy's going to come at you talking stuff and trying to knock you off. Well, Jesus is like, no, that's not going to happen. And angels come and minister to him. So in my imagination, in my mind, I can, I kind of have a vague, like maybe Jesus looked like this thing. And I can imagine a sunburned glowing from the majesty of God and the twinkle in his eyes, the sparkle that this man, Christ Jesus, must have had. The, the radiance of God out of him was, just had to be insane. So he's back in Capernaum, and it would have looked something like this. This is a reconstruction. I know, interesting, huh? Not quite what I had imagined. It's just, I'm going to let you marinate on that word. I think Jesus would have had one with the, the balcony, you know? Uh, that's what I would have done. And that's the Sea of Galilee in the background. Now, this is uh, the synagogue where Jesus actually spoke. He actually spoke in this place. That's a real place you're looking at, where Jesus stood. And he preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what he preached to us. This is the Sea of Galilee. I haven't been here yet. Pastor, I can't wait till you take us. Just a plug for that. I hear we need like 30 people. So plug for that. Um, however, pastor has gone, and my parents have gone several times. And the way they describe this is miraculous. Like, you get to feel it. So I wanted to show you the best that we could to connect to the man, Christ Jesus, and where he was. He walked here. And so he's walking along after he's been in the wilderness, and he's been preaching, repent for the kingdom is here. And he goes along the coastline, and he walks up to a set of brothers that are fishing. And he's like, hey, y'all, come follow me. And, okay, so my thinking is, why did Peter and Andrew drop everything and go follow him? Did they hear him preach already? Had they heard about him? Was it that sparkle in his eye? Was it the radiance of God that was just like, oh, I've got to follow this dude? Was it that? But for some reason, it wasn't just this set of brothers. There's another set of brothers that just drop everything. He walks down the coastline. And he's like, hey, you, you, and you, let's roll. And I'm like, okay. Right? So this is Jesus, by the way. This was not my notes, but I feel this to say. This is Jesus saying, hey, let's roll. This is God's call to you to follow him. What I am speaking now is God's call for you to follow him. Whew, that's pretty cool. So James and John, another set of brothers, they leave their dad. They're like, let's go. And so this interesting collage of people are traveling throughout this region. And these notes are hard to read over here. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, 
those afflicted with various disease and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. Healed them. All of them. But realize where they are from. So in verse 25, it says, um, from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Do you see those spaces up there on that map? This was not just one little small group of people. These were people from all of this region. He went and talked to them, and they followed him. So I'm building you up to this, this man, Christ Jesus. He's healed them all. He is God manifested in the flesh. And all of these multitudes of people are following him. It's not just one or two that we see some of the pictures that we see. There are multitudes of people. So the sick, the lame, the outcasts, they were very, very poor because unless you were a functioning member of society in this time, especially in the Roman Empire, you were an outcast. You were a beggar. If you had any reason why you couldn't work, you were not like in our society today. So Jesus, seeing the crowd... He went up on the mountain. He went up on the side of the mountain. He saw this multitude as they keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. So he goes up on the side of the mountain. So he's on the Sea of Galilee, and he goes up what we now call the uh, Mount of Beatitudes. And there's a beautiful church on the top of that. But from what I understand from my parents and from pastor is that he went up just part of the side of it so that the acoustics... Would, would work, and everybody set it up like an amphitheater, right? And so that's mind-blowing, like he knew to do that. Well, yeah, he did. He was God, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't change all of the elements of science to work for him in those moments. So he's walking up this hill. It's the lowest summit in the world. The Sea of Galilee is one of the lowest bodies of water next to the Dead Sea. Um. But he's, he's strolling up here, and I'm wondering, okay, what is he thinking? What is Jesus thinking about? Perhaps he is thinking about all of the times that God has met man, humanity, at the top of a mountain. All of these incredible moments throughout history that where the Ten Commandments was given was on the top of a grand mountain, And here he is on the lowest summit, the king of all glory. He's down here on the lowest summit. Maybe he was thinking about the future. Maybe he was thinking about the next mountain where his friend would betray him. Maybe he was thinking about us right here, right now. That we would be here talking about this, about him. Maybe. So, let me get my note back. So Matthew 5 says, And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. On this small mountain, Jesus, the door, the portal, the bridge between humanity and God, revealed the heart of the Father speaking to his children. On this small mountain, Jesus opened his mouth to speak, and the broken soul heard the voice of God, and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow, that's pretty powerful, but this is my reaction. So I start reading it, and then I start reading it again, like, oh, I want to be blessed. No, wait a minute. You said, blessed are those who mourn, who are persecuted. That does not sound like fun to me. But as I understand it, if we look at the Beatitudes more like a mosaic, an art puzzle, we can start seeing the heart of God towards his people. Now, I want you to remember who he's actually talking to. It is an audience that had been oppressed and suppressed by uh, religious leaders, right? They were like, not just the Ten Commandments, there were over 615 laws. They were like, you do every single one. If your tassel is not tied just right, you are excommunicated. Like it was that environment, very legalistic. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he's like, hey, wait a minute. Um, Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And this meaning of fulfillment is more of what Jeremiah prophesied when he said, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Jesus came to marry spirit and truth, right? So the scripture tells us God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Truth, the word, the written law and the spirit behind them. I love this next scripture that my husband gave me this morning. It is steadfast love. This is what Jesus did for us. He brought steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. That just, that's in the Bible, y'all. Remember my goal? I'm trying to get you to grab onto, wait, that's in the Bible? Like, there's some really cool stuff in there. And this is, this is one of my favorites right now. So Jesus is fulfilling these two things. And if you look at them both, the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes, you can see some similarities and some great differences. I love that. So if we look at it this way, um, it's, Jesus came to explain and give us the spirit behind the law. Right? So for number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Okay, don't do that. Why not? Well, then he says, because blessed are the peacemakers. You'll be called the children of God. Like, that's kind of cool. You're a child of God. That gets great benefits when your daddy is the king of everything. So looking back, just a little refresher, where the mourn, the meek, the poor in spirit, the hunger for thirst and righteousness, that are merciful, pure in heart, 
peacemakers, persecuted, people that say all kind of vile things against you. Let's start putting the piece together just a little bit. So you all notice I'm very visual. I'm a visionary. That's why God gives me good administrators because I'm a visionary. (laughs) So let's put a couple pieces together. When I think about poor in spirit, I think about those that Mother Teresa helped, the ones that are economically poor and had nobody to teach them the word of God, right? So it's both of those poor. But let me tell you that Mother Teresa at one point in her life was poor in spirit. Before she gave her heart to Christ, she was poor in spirit. She was void of the presence of God. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. We all have been void of the presence of God. Here's another call. If Jesus is not your personal, your personal Lord and Savior and friend, this is a call that you get to be filled with his spirit. But we've all been born in spirit, right? And we have all mourned. We have all mourned. This is a picture of us. Um, when we went through the darkest time of my life, we miscarried a couple of years ago, and it was the darkest, most painful time of my life. But I understand what it means to be comforted because I've never felt closer to the presence of God. When my heart was poured out and broken and crushed, and I didn't know if I could take another breath, it was like his presence came and held me close. I've never felt more closer to my family or my husband. I've never felt closer to y'all. Some of you wrapped your arms around me and held me and loved us, and we were comforted, right? You too have lost something. You too have mourned. Shakana is mourning right now, but she's comforted because she knows her daddy is in heaven and that she gets to see him someday. There is comfort in being in the presence of God and being in a personal relationship with him. So blessed are you. You're blessed. You have mourned. I love this description. So when we talk about meekness, this is not even a word we use anymore, right? So meekness, I love Tozer. The way he says it is Jesus calls us to his rest, and meekness in his method. The meek man cares not at all who is greater than he, for he has long ago decided that the esteem of the world is not worth the effort. Oh, okay, I can be meek now. I I want to do that. Have you had those moments where you felt like, I don't care what anybody else says? There, this is who I would say, are the meekest people I know. These are founding mothers and fathers. And if you've ever spoken to them, you you get it. Like they that's what meekness is. This is an example of meekness. Can I get an amen on that one? I mean, they're good people. These are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Man, we our worship leader, our worship pastor, dude. Thank you, thank you. These are those that are merciful and that receive mercy. These are those that are pure in heart. The Langs, they're the ones taking care of our babies over there right now. And if you speak to these people, you're like, yes, this is what pure of heart means. Their hearts have been washed by the word. 
They have been washed by the blood. It's, they're pure in heart. And, but I bet when they look in the mirror, they don't say that about themselves always. But they are. These are the peacemakers. These are the Phillips love, y'all. They help at Beach Club, and they help them little boys that want to run around find peace. VBS volunteers. Man, y'all brought such peace to homes that you don't even realize. The souls, the lives that were changed because of your service. You are peacemakers. Alan's like, y'all have brought peace into our lives and what y'all did for our country to bring peace. Your peacemakers is who you are. And that, my beautiful son up there, he was... That's another VBS. He is a peacemaker. Blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you have not been persecuted yet, brace yourself. He said that you would be, but what is your reward? It's a blessing. Your reward is the kingdom of heaven. It's us. Because when someone persecutes you, we fight with you and for you. What a blessing. You are in the kingdom. I love this. I love this picture so much. You can't help but smile at this one, right? When people utter vile things and they persecute you. Congratulations. If it hasn't happened, it will. But this is a blessing because Father, our Heavenly Father, is the one that comes to defend you. And out of the darkness, what he was saying, beauty from ashes, of the darkest of things, we've all or will go through this. And look at the result, the laughter, the smiles. And this is why. Jesus tells us that we are, this is the good news. He created you. He blesses you. He is with you. So this is what he wants you to do. Go be you. Go be you. You are the salt and the light. You are the one that brings flavor to the world. Go be salty. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Go be the light. Go wear the tutus and the halos and the wings. Go smile. Go be you. Go let the world see the light that is in you. He is in you. He is for you. So go be a little crazy, right? Represent Jesus correctly. Go have fun. Go have some fun. Like, let's practice right now. Y'all try smiling. I know this is like, there are layers and layers and layers into this message. And it's like, wow, she's not jumping around. I'm not sure how to handle what she's saying. But I want to bring you back to the goal. The goal is for you to dive into the word of God because this is where life is from. This is how we walk through the darkest of times is we have the word of God that washes our mind, our soul, our hearts, and brings life into us. He is the breath of life. He is the water. He is the bread. He is the wine. He is the source of joy. And he not only gives you permission, but says, go, be the salt, be the light, have some fun. 
Easier said than done sometimes, I know that. But when we focus, when we turn our focus on the correct thing, it makes it a little bit easier. I love C.S. Lewis, love him. Um, If you haven't read any of his books, I highly recommend them. The Weight of Glory, um, Mere Christianity, some of them, he's just incredible. His writings will blow your mind. He's so smart, but he puts it down in words like this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So if we're like focusing on God, we get a little bit of earth thrown in there, right? So we're in a higher place. That sounds good. Aim at earth and you get neither. Hmm. That's deep. I love him. But it makes sense to me because the word tells us to focus on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. All of these things are descriptions of Jesus, right? So if you want to know what these things are, go read the Bible of how he lived them out. Ah, you like to plug that goal in there again. It's my goal. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so what happens in our, our processors is that we think about something. That's why you're supposed to guard your mind. That's why you're supposed to put the word of God in, watch what you're watching, pay attention to what you're listening to, because whatever comes inside forms your thoughts, right? And you get to choose what to think on. Did you know that? Okay, everybody think about a red balloon. Your choice. Did you pick pink? It is your choice of which thought to hold on to. You can let them float away or you can grab a hold of them. And so when you grab hold of a thought and you marinate on it, it becomes a desire. Um, pancakes, cookies, pizza, Mexican food. Y'all thinking about those yet? Now your mind went to what you actually want to eat, and all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I want that. See how that happened? And then some of you are now taking it back up to the mind, and you're planning this thing that, oh, I do want to go to Lone Star and get that omelet with the mushrooms, mmm, a cup of coffee. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do after church. Y'all good with that? See how that went? And guess what I will be doing after church? So when we think on the things that are of God and are higher, and then we bring them down into our heart, and we marinate, and we read his plan, and we read his word, then it becomes who we are. We are the blessed. Y'all see that? This is why we study the word of God. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith in Jesus is more than just saying he is God. It is putting that faith into action to change the world, to be the peacemaker, to take the right actions because your heart is pure. Your heart is pure because it is washed by the living water, the words of God. That's pretty cool. Okay, so let me see. What do I do now? Like some of you are like, okay, I don't actually have a personal relationship with Jesus yet. And some of you are like, okay, this all makes sense. I feel a little inspired. I'm, I'm going to go read my Bible a little more. Thank you. I, I'll try to do the, pick back, 
that um, Bible study back up. Okay, I will contemplate going to the Bible studies, right? Like some of you are starting the processor. But let me help you get to the next steps, okay? If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is what you do. The Bible tells us to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The word, over here in Romans, the word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So right now I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the next little bit. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, or you need to renew that relationship with Jesus. Works, works for both ways. This is what we're going to do. After service, pastor will be over there. Go have a chat with him. He will help you. But I'm going to give you a moment right now. I want you to take a deep breath. Come on. Exhale. I want you to take another deep breath. Exhale and close your eyes. This is your opportunity. We're just going to sit here in, in peace for just a moment. Got plenty of time. It's only 11, 12. Father God, we lift our hearts up to you. We lift our minds up to you. I hold your word here before your people. You said that if we would confess with our mouth that you are Lord and believe in our hearts that you raised Jesus from the dead, we'll be saved. And Father, I believe in you. I long to know you more. All that I am, I want to know you more. I want to worship you more. Reveal yourself more and more to me. Let me know you more and more. I give you my heart. I repent of my sins. I recognize that I have followed what I want and not what you want. Lord, I do an about face. I repent and I turn back to walk towards you. In Jesus' name. See how easy that was? Now, I believe that if you have never prayed a prayer like this before, guess what? You and Jesus are homies now. Y'all are tight. He heard that prayer. Even if you have just a little bit of, I'm going to skip this. It's a seed, a mustard seed of faith that what you just prayed was like what you're supposed to do. He takes that mustard seed of faith and he grows it up to be huge, that big. That's all you need, just that much, right? Just that much. I know that's pretty cool to me too. I did, just by the way, while we're talking about ethics, <laughs> I did put where I found the pictures, just so y'all know. <laughs> I didn't just steal them. <laughs> Thanks. Before y'all tweet that or post it on Facebook. Now, if you've already prayed that prayer and you feel like you have a pretty good relationship with God, but you want to take it to the next level, here's what you get to do. You get to continue in fellowship with other believers. Join a Bible study. Do one, a devotion with somebody. Have a conversation with somebody over lunch. Go have lunch with somebody. And y'all talk about what, what we just learned. Talk about the Beatitudes. Go ahead. Go talk about them, right? That's what you get to do. 
Matthew 28, Jesus himself says to us, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How cool is that? Like, that's what you got to do now. That's not bad. Like, some of you may be thinking, how do I make a disciple? Well, good news for you, it's not that hard. You read your Bible, and Jesus does everything else. You put his words in your heart, and he pulls them out when you need them to make a disciple. How cool is that? So, hopefully, I've helped you see you just need a little, little, little bit of faith, and that the Bible is really cool. It really happened. These are true events, right? Have I inspired anybody to read their word, to go a little bit deeper? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, good. For those of you that are still like, eh, not that impressed yet, I would like to challenge you and give you a homework assignment. Is he right? Is this what Jesus teaches us? No, for real. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. This is the next thing I'm studying. The wise words of Yoda. Is it so wise? Is this what Jesus said to do? I've inspired you now, haven't I? <laughs> so, in closing, uh, the living word of God, it changes us, it renews us, it makes us, it connects us to each other. Jesus is alive still within us, right? We are the body of Christ, and together we make the mosaic, the picture and the pieces that go together that represent Jesus to the world. That's us. That's who we get to be. I've enjoyed getting to share what I'm learning with you, and I want to open an invitation that if you want to talk to me, I know David Lampert will, if you want to talk to me more about what else, because there are multiple layers. Did you know there's a sermon on the plains where he dives into the Beatitudes more? I I couldn't even, I need five more days to go over all of that. It's so good. So if you want to come and talk to me, let's, let's do that. Okay? I want to invite you to have those conversations. Alpha is another great place to have those conversations. It's a very open to all thoughts, right? Where you get to have these kind of more conversations. Ladies Bible study, absolutely love it. I hear men's is fantastic. So there are opportunities for you to go deeper into the word. Let me pray over you. Father God, just almighty creator of all things, I worship you with all that I am. With all that I am, I praise you and I give you glory. I ask, Lord, that you would open the hearts, the minds, and the understanding of your people. Let the word, the seed that has been planted in their heart, would you cover it with the good soil of worship? Would you saturate us with your Holy Spirit that this will grow, that this faith, this desire to learn more about you, to seek your face, to study your word, would grow? I thank you for your people. And God, would you make us crazy enough, strong enough, courageous enough to be kind to ourselves and kind to each other? Ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.